0: So let's turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. We're going to read a passage of Scripture. I want to give us a few thoughts, some very simple encouragements around this question that we've already asked. What are you hoping for this Christmas? And before we get into it, let's pray together. Lord, we just turn our hearts and our minds to you in the midst of the busyness of this season, the busyness of life of all that is, has gone before us and all that lies ahead of us, not just today, but in the coming year. And it is good to pause. It's good to turn our attention and our affection to you. It is good to remember that you are the God who is with us. You are our Emmanuel. And Father, I thank you that as we gather around your word this morning, that these words are just as alive they're just as powerful and they're just as able to accomplish all that you desire in our hearts this day. Lord, may the message of Christmas, the message of your coming, the reality of a Savior who was born and the hope that that gives us, may that resonate in our hearts this day. We pray. Give us listening ears to hear your voice. Give us eyes to see you afresh and the beauty, and the wonder, and the majesty of who you are, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what are you hoping for this Christmas? It may be a new wood toy, it may be a game, maybe none of that at all. It might be some food and fellowship, and an opportunity to catch up with the family. Maybe like me, that you're hoping just for a quiet moment to put your feet up, and catch your breath. Or perhaps even for some of us here, you're hoping just to hang on, just to get through another Christmas, a time of year which often can be difficult for many. But I ask you that question for this reason. Christmas is a message of hope. And we've reflected on many different things as we've prepared our hearts for today, for this time of year. If you've been around over the month of December, we've reflected on joy. We've reflected on the need for us to make room in our lives for Him. But I want us to reflect this morning on the reality of hope. You see, if the Messiah has come, if this indeed is true, and I believe with all my heart that it is, otherwise I wouldn't be here, then we have every reason to hope. We have every reason to live in hope, for our lives to be brimming with hope overflowing with hope. And yet, if we're honest, there is a struggle at times, isn't there? Let's just acknowledge that wrestle in a world that we live where there are so many hopeless circumstances and situations, things that would cause our hope to be diminished or even extinguished. And it's my desire this morning that as we peer back the veneer, some of the trappings that come with Christmas that can distract us as we look a little deeper that we will gaze upon the full reality of the hope that it bears to each of our lives this day and each and every day. Might be the shortest, but possibly the most important message you'll hear today and this Christmas. Hope in God. Hope in Him. Hope in So we're going to read a passage of Scripture. And interestingly, Adams, he's obviously glanced at my sermon notes because he's already read this passage as he began worship. But it is good enough to read again. And it's a passage that I like to focus on at least sometime over the Christmas period. Isaiah chapter 9. Let's read from verse 2 together. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You've multiplied the nation, you've increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. Every boot of the trampling warrior and battle garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. How, why, what's happening? Verse 6, for unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. We'll do this. This is God's word. What an incredible passage spoken by the prophet Isaiah proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to give us from this passage three very quick reflections, as many more, on why I believe we have reason to hope this Christmas. Number one. We have a God who provides. We have a God who provides. A God who never gives up. A God who finds us even when we've stopped looking. You see, there is a context to this passage that we've read in Isaiah 9. And the context is this. Isaiah pens these words some 700 odd years before the Messiah would be born. And all around him, as the Lord prophetically speaks there's difficulty and struggle the Assyrian empire is on the horizon they're rising up there's the threat of war invasion destruction and even within the nation of Israel this is under most likely the reign of King Ahaz and you would struggle to find a period in Israel's history that was more full of wickedness. People were turning to mediums. They were worshipping Molech, another god. They were taking every path they could seek to find that would lead them away from the one true God. There's darkness physically and spiritually upon the nation. And yet it is in the midst of that that a word comes forth. You see, I love this. We serve a God who never leaves his people without hope. He's not put off by the darkness around, by the enemies surrounding. He's not put off by even the wickedness within, despite all that was not holy that was going on. He prophetically proclaims his purpose. See, even more than that, I believe that God chose the deepest, darkest, possibly most wicked, evil, helpless time in Israel's history. And he says, that's the place. That's the place for grace. That's the place where I'm going to speak into and proclaim my purposes. See, he's a God who provides and he never gives up. Even when the nation had turned away from him. Even when they had stopped looking. When all hope was gone. Hope is birthed in the hearts of his people. That is the story of Christmas hope. It's about a willing God, an able God, who's not put off by the enemies that surround us. He's not even put off by our mistakes, by our shortcomings, by our failings. He's a God who comes into the midst of whatever mess is around. And he says, this is is the place of grace. This is the place of grace. I'm coming to bring light into darkness. I'm coming to bring hope from despair. I'm coming to bring certainty into the midst of uncertainty. That's the story of Christmas hope. He's not put off by the stuff that's going on. He's not put off by the mistakes maybe you've made, by the things that have been done to you this year. Over your life, there is nothing that you have faced or ever will face that is too dark, that is too far gone for Him. It's a message for someone here this morning. He looks at all of the stuff, all the brokenness, and He says, This is the place for grace. He does His greatest work in the midst of greatest darkness. That's the God, that's a reason to hope. Someone say amen? That's a reason for us to hope. Number two, there's a God of power who is always at work. Possibly my favorite verse in this whole passage is the last one. And it says this, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What is the zeal of the Lord? I don't know, but it sounds good. It sounds really good. It sounds good enough just to embrace and enjoy. The zeal, the passion, the power of the Lord will perform this. He gives this word. He says, this is not conditional. This is coming and you cannot stop it even if you tried. But you can choose to build your life upon this. This can be a foundation that will sustain you. You know, have you noticed that God sometimes gives us promises that are not quite in the method or the timing that we would desire? Let's be honest, 700 years is a long time to wait for the fulfillment of a promise, yeah? How many would be excited if God says, in 700 years I'm going to be doing this? Say, okay, I'll let my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids know and they'll be excited. And yet there is a reality that there's a God of power who is always at work. Whether we feel it or not, whether it seems like it or not, his purposes are at work in the world. His purposes are at work in your life. You see, that is a reason to hope this Christmas. doesn't matter what it seems like. You couldn't find a more helpless time in human history. Couldn't find more horrible circumstances going on around and within. And yet right in the midst of that, God gives us encouragement. Never forget this. I'm at work. I got this. I've got this. I am in control. And here's what you can bank your life on the zeal of the Lord is going to bring this to pass. So it's not about you. It's not about you trying to work it up. You can just sit back and rest in the power of His provision. You see, when. I'll just put myself in the picture. When we wake up in the middle of the night stressed, busy, there's not enough time, there's not enough money, we're not wise enough, we're not strong enough, we're not pretty enough, fill in the blank. There's a reality that we can rest in that gives us great hope. And it's simply this. The zeal of the Lord will do this. Rest in His power and provision. For the the person discouraged, broken, Wondering how on earth can God bring any good out of this? There is hope this Christmas because there is a God. He says, I'm willing and I'm able. A God of power who is always at work. That is a reason for hope. And number three, very quickly there is a God who is faithful to his word. He's willing, he's able, but he is faithful to fulfill all that he has promised. Christmas, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, there's no greater demonstration, there's no greater proclamation that God is a God who says what he means and means what he says. From the very beginning, when Adam and Eve, that one too, Adam and Eve messed up royally. The very first thing God does is he prophesies, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to make a way from the seed of the woman. There will be a deliverer, a Messiah who comes forth and he is faithful. How much more standing on this side of his coming? This is so much bigger, so much grander, so much more wonderful than anything we could ever have thought. The Messiah has come. His kingdom is here. It's established in our hearts. And because he came, we know that he is coming. What hope that brings and fills our hearts. He will come and turn every wrong thing right. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more sickness, no more evil. We have such a reason to hope because he is a God who is faithful to his word. And I want to leave us, yeah, that's a moment to celebrate his faithfulness. I want to leave us with this simple encouragement because so often I think as it comes to hope, we, we read it, we hear about it, we recognize the struggle and we think, okay, well, this is something I've got to work up within myself. I've just got to, I've got to somehow strive and work it up from within. Let me give you this thought. Hope is not a call to work hard, but to lean hard. It's not an invitation to more of us. It's an invitation to reach within and try and find something here. It's an invitation to Him to build our lives upon the hope that He gives us. The one. And there's really two options. We can roll the dice. We can hope in so many other things that are always going to fail us. Without him, life is an endless, is a hopeless end. But with him, life is an endless hope. Let me read to you Psalm 30, 33 verses 16 to 22 and we'll close with this. It says, The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield for our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. See, what's the psalmist saying? He's not saying that the king shouldn't have large armies, that warriors shouldn't be strong, that, that there shouldn't be war horses used in times of battle. He's saying, if our hope is in anything else, we will only ever be defeated. If our hope's in our strength, if our hope's in our bank account, if our hope is in our capacity to make it work, to struggle and push through just another day, any other source of hope is limited and uncertain. But here's the other side of the psalm. He's saying, for those who hope in God, it pleases him and it's his delight to rescue and provide for them. That's what it says. Just think about that. That's the invitation. To live in my own capacity and ability or to lean upon the eternal God, the one who spoke the heavens into existence, the one who will never leave us, he'll never fail, he'll never falter. So what are you hoping for this Christmas? Regardless of what the situation around you might be saying, this is a moment, To simply say, Lord, we might not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Lord, let your steadfast love be upon us this Christmas, even as we choose to lean upon you, to put our hope in you, to rest in the provision and power and the purpose of our loving, eternal father. Can we pray together? Amen. Father, thank you for this this moment we have now, this day, for all the things that lie before us. But I pray that even before we leave this place, there would be an opportunity for us truly to examine our hearts and our lives. Lord, where is it that we put our hope? What are the things that we are building our lives upon? Is it the temporary and the transient? Is it the uncertainty? And Lord, it's my prayer that each of us would recommit ourselves to building our lives in the midst of the uncertainty and the struggle and the doubts. To choose to build our lives upon the one thing. That is certain. The one thing that will never fail. For unto us a child is born. And I thank you that we can have hope. That we have every reason. And I pray that your hope would flood into our hearts. It would fill us afresh as a blazing beacon to your glorious goodness. And that it would overflow from our lives to others, even this day. I pray that in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Amen.